Abby, can you tell us what was the inspiration for this episode? Was there inspiration for this episode? <laughs> Whose idea was it? I don't know. Yours? Was it? Okay. Scratch that. Anyway. <laughs> like, I was not the one who suggested this. I don't know where you're going. Oh, it was me. You're right. <laughs> Get it together. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on November 1st, we will be discussing All Systems Read by Martha Wells, which is the first of the Murderbot Diaries. Then, on November 8th, we will be diving into The Last Graduate by Naomi Novik, which is the sequel to A Deadly Education. And here's a quick plug for our Patreon. We've got stickers, bookmarks, mugs, and more. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, Ronnie and the Pirate Queen. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we decided that we need to take a break because we needed to have some fun. So tonight, this will be a spoiler-free episode, and we will be playing a game. So, Abby, I was online, right? And I came across an interesting site that we're going to actually pull a lot of stuff from probably game-wise, where it's essentially book club icebreakers, okay? Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is the one I, f- I found first. I thought sounded like so much fun. It's called Extreme Makeover, all right? Mm-hmm. So basically, we're going to take some characters that we know. We both have to know the character. And we're going to take them so they can come from the past, from the future, from fantasy novels, from... Anything and everything. They just can't come from right now in this time period. But we're there. Then we're going to interpose them onto the 21st century. So what they would be like if they were living right now in our world as it is. Okay. Okay. So I had a thought. And it's gone. So let us continue. <laughs> we're going to go through 10 characters. We're going to go back and forth. Abby and I have not shared with the, one another kind of what we think these characters would be like so we're going to give a general description that is non-spoiler just so we can kind of give you like this is what they're like in the novel and then we're going to tell you our vision of them okay Mm -hmm. all right abby the first character that i came up with is murderbot from the murderbot diaries by martha wells i just recently have read the first two books of the series i know you read the first book I love this character. Oh, I do too. I was so excited when I saw this one first on the list. I'm like, yes. So a general description is Murderbot is a robot holding nothing back from doing whatever he wants. He calls himself Murderbot due to past trauma. Side note from Mo, myself, I personally read Murderbot as a female. Abby asked me if I was projecting. I don't know. Honestly, I don't think the uh, Murderbot even assigns themselves a gender. So I don't even know. I don't remember there being a gender specified. I just read Murderbot as male. And I read Murderbot as female. So, I mean, you could probably do it either way, obviously. It's mm-hmm. not really important to the story, honestly. Not at all. So, my question is, Abby... If Murderbot lived in the 21st century, how would you imagine Murderbot being? How would you imagine? No. What would Murderbot be like? Okay. 
So Murderbot as a character finds it very exhausting to deal with the humans. It's just a lot of work. So in order to try and blend in, he, it takes on a mundane office job for a time in order to blend in better. Unfortunately, that only gives him so much information and he can only go so far in it. And so when that has run its course, when he gets tired of it, he attempts the party scene and honestly finds it overwhelming because that's just too much human interaction. Let's be real. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So at that point, he takes to traveling the world by whatever means are most convenient at the time. That includes stowing away. That includes trains and boats. That includes just pretending he has tickets onto things that he doesn't have tickets onto and all that sort of thing. What about you? All right. Your murder bot. So my murder bot, I imagine a person who is neither male nor female in appearance. So you can't, you don't, you don't know. And that's fine. They would have short hair, wear jeans and a t-shirt, just very nonchalant, very much. You don't notice me. Okay. And I feel like my murder bot would still have a preference for going to gun shows, especially to check out new tech. I feel like they also would be very interested in drones and possibly for their career be a drone flyer for a intelligence company where they could sit on their tablet in an open public space and not be noticed and go, do, 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 I'm flying my drone, do, 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 gathering intelligence, ha, 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 you know, but, but they just keep to themselves mm-hmm. because they're not really into people. Now, they secretly would have this thing for trash TV dramas, particularly anything in TLC. And I feel like some of their favorite shows would be 90 Day Fiance and 16 and Pregnant. Okay. Your murder bot entertains me. I like the fact that 16 and Pregnant is one of the favorite shows. <laughs> well, I just feel like, you know, in the books, um, the author's always writing how Murderbot's downloading all this media to watch. And I'm like, okay, my Murderbot was so being the trash TV. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, and novellas. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're right. All right, your turn. So the next character on our list here is Tao from Rage of Dragons. He is a lesser that's his cast in the book he is a very angry young man whose goal is revenge on those who wronged him he is a mighty warrior who should not be crossed dark hair dark eyes he strikes an imposing figure so mo tell me about your Tao. okay so my Tao, the way i imagine if Tao lived right now in the 21st century okay he'd be wearing black jeans black shirt all black like he would just be And it all would be very tailored. So like a tight black shirt tucked into his pants with the black belt wearing like, not the pointed black dress shoes, but the square dress shoes with black socks. I just imagine being all black, very serious, clean shaven. And just that person, like you're walking down the street who exudes this kind of presence of, ooh, ooh, I don't want to be on the same street as you. And I imagine he'd be living in in an actual city setting And I got this in my head. He would be working as a bodyguard for like the Yakuza or the mafia. Okay. Because he is not fuzzy. And I also feel like he'd be driving a really sleek sports car. Okay. And I I just feel like, and like wearing these dark sunglasses. And I just feel 
mm-hmm. you know, like you're in that high power district and you just see him and you know, immediately, like you don't mess with this guy. That is my towel of the 21st century. So my towel, I pictured working as a security guard for some big wig professional. He has court mandated anger management classes. He attends on a weekly basis. And he honestly would have been fired a dozen times over if his boss didn't like him so much. <laughs> like, that is the whole of what I've got for him. He's a very angry security guard. Well, I like how we both chose security, you know? Well, like, what else would he do in this day and age? Like, I can't imagine him being, like, a dojo instructor. He's got too much rage. No, and I Yeah, and I can't imagine him passing psychological tests to get into the army, you know? Right, exactly. So, bodyguard it is. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, who's next on our list? Okay, so I am currently working my way through Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo, and I was like, you know what? Anesh would be a perfect character to interpose onto the 21st century. Yeah, your description of, she is gorgeous death that you will never see coming. I mean, yes, that that is pretty much what she is. She has this little tiny leaf figure who can kill you with one of her seven knives. And I hope you're ready to die. So the way I imagine this, I definitely put her at a college age level. Probably 22 is what I saw her as in my head, where she's already out of school. And I know this is older than she is in the book, but she's beautiful and gorgeous and sleek, has this beautiful olive skin. And she would be dressed in these tight black pants, but have a kind of a flowing top because she's got to hide her knives because she's still going to have her knives, okay? But instead of being a uh, assassin and information gatherer, I imagined her, because she loves her knives, she's actually a chef. And I put her as a um, a a sushi chef. Wow, a sushi sushi chef. Mm, That's hard to say. Sue chef? Hey, no, it's a sushi chef. Like oh, she, a sushi chef. Okay. I'm having, I'm struggling. And I, I know that doesn't quite fit like where she comes from in the books, but I feel because like she likes knives and you have to have such precise cutting when it comes to making sushi. Mm-hmm. Like that's why she has her knives with her. Um, Her hair would always be tied up and just a little wisp dangling. I imagine she also, because she has that really beautiful olive skin, like have these big gold hoops as well. Mm-hmm. And because she's a chef, I imagine she's going to live on a coastal city and she's going to be someone that likes to take the subway or take public transportation because she still likes to listen and gather information as well. So I don't think she would have a car. And I mm-hmm. also imagine that she would live in an apartment overlooking like a bay so she could see the ocean. Hmm. Man, you put a lot of thought into her. And I love Anesh. And that's just great. I leaned more into thinking about what would have happened if she had gotten to stay with her family and kind of interposed that onto our current day. So I went with more of a, she's part of a family of performers. They're mostly acrobats. She does knife throwing and knife tricks and they perform all over from London to Las Vegas to Tokyo, just all over the place. I definitely agree about the gold earrings and keeping her hair tied back. Like that is a nudge right there. hundred percent. But I just like, when I think of her, I'm like, I want 
her to be happy and for her to be happy she's with her family in my head I just wanted them to like perform all together and be happy (laughs) I like that though I like how you went the performance route yeah I definitely went more what life would be like after she got done with Kaz and everybody else Mm -hmm. Hmm. quite interesting I like it yeah okay who's our next character Next, we have Sam Vimes from Guards Guards. He's a gruff, no-nonsense beat cop captain who tries his best to uphold the laws of Ankh-Mork Pork. Really, the odds are stacked against him and his Nightwatch crew, but he tries, and he is rough and, the rough-and-tumble sort. So for me, Sam Vimes is a mall cop having a midlife crisis through no fault of his own. He somehow ends up dating the eccentric beautiful and very intimidating owner of the exotic pet store on the lower level next to jc Penney's. wow okay that is not where i went at all i did not go for the for that <laughs> he visits the mall starbucks every day he works and they know him and his order by sight but all he ever gets is plain coffee okay okay yep yep <laughs> all right so what do you think he did Okay, listen, you know the internet meme where the guy is like, aliens, right? Oh, God. (laughs) Listen, okay. For me, my Sam, Sam Vimes, in the 21st century is a French theorist, okay? (laughs) I know, but I just feel like he just like, you know how he just clings to theories and gets stuck on it. I feel like he would just get stuck on crazy things. Like he would be like, I don't know, like wearing a rumple suit, unshaven, just crazy hair, always have a half smoked cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he's always trying to figure out, you know, why there are voices coming out of the fuzzy TV stations, you know, like, I just see him just being this really eccentric, but brilliant cop detective working in a big city, working still the night shift. And because he's working night shift, because he's sleep deprived, because he has this weird schedule where he sleeps through the day and works all night, he only thinks in conspiracy theories. And like when you get back to his apartment, he lives in like a one bedroom apartment that's pretty awful in the sense of like, literally a one-bedroom studio, like, here's a toilet, here's a sink, here's the bed kind of deal. And on the wall is just all of these pictures with all the strings, and they're all connecting back to whoever the big bad guy is in his head, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his only redeeming factor is the fact that he's got his girlfriend okay. who lives in the nice, rich part of town, who cleans him up at least once a week. And she says, okay, honey, let's go see the, the, the therapist. So he's also seeing his therapist as well to work through these problems. I'm glad he's seeing his therapist. I was worried. Listen. Alien. Oh my God. I was, you said that and I literally started picturing how I see Sam Vimes in my head in that meme. That's why I was laughing so hard. I was just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy. I hope I have ruined your vision of Sam forever. Oh, no, that's the best vision of Sam ever. Are you kidding? I love it. I mean, Mall Cop <laughs> was really good, too. So you went Mall Cop, Sam. I went Fringe Theorist, Sam. So it's good. 
Honestly, I feel like they could almost be the same person, really. Like, he's a mall cop, but he's also mm-hmm. the extreme ther- theorist. Like, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you. And you also get the next one because I can't pronounce her name. Agnieszka from Uprooted, a village girl with abilities she didn't realize she had until she was pulled from her normal everyday life by the dragon, who is a wizard, sorcerer, whatever they call him in the book. He's got magic. (laughs) That's the key thing. (laughs) So for me, picturing her, I immediately went, she is the most basic of basic chicks or the um, basic B, (laughs) if you will. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. She drinks Starbucks on a regular basis. She lives for pumpkin spice season. She wears Uggs. And she takes ridiculous amounts of selfies. However, after her encounter with the dragon, she starts getting into environmental and humanitarian campaigns and loses the Uggs. I went kind of similar, okay? Really? Not Do tell. quite, not quite similar. Okay, so I struggled with her a little bit. But when I thought about her, I'm like, okay, I feel like she's going to work in the library and she's going to have a thirst for knowledge. And I put her at the university library. So she's going to not, because she's not going to wear corporate clothes, kind of be more frumpy with like peasant blouses, flowing skirts, kind of always wearing, what's this called? Like a handkerchief or something, not a handkerchief, like a scarf, you know, have her big glasses as well. I mean, like big glasses like this. Okay. And Mm-hmm. Okay, so I also put that she stops at Starbucks every morning for her um, low-fat six-shot espresso with soy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she also, because she works there, she also works with the head librarian, who is the dragon. And together they are mm-hmm. conquering these piles of research. And slowly but surely through their research, they are going to fall in love. I didn't peg her as a person that watches TV. She more for her relaxing when she's not reading. She likes to read magazines and she likes to read like, like the really weird, obscure hobby magazines where she just, she's like, oh, I want to learn how to, oh, what do you call it? Play with felt. I don't, is, is it felting when you're, you know, you're doing the stabby stab with the felt. I forgot what you call it, I guess. I have no idea what you call it. Stabby stab with felt. But basically she likes to pick up um, obscure hobbies as well. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah. I like your basic B as well. Thanks. <laughs> I, I went a different way within basic B, but yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see mine reading obscure hobby magazines too, for some reason, just like they all have a weird quirk of yeah. some sort and that would probably be hers. Yeah. That was my quirk I had to go with. All right. Well, let's talk about one of your, well, actually guys, we're going to take a break real fast and we'll come back to you in a second. We're going to talk about our last five characters. We'll see you in a minute. Talk to you in a minute, guys. Hi, I'm Bethany Finger, the host of Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast. Join me every week during my read-along journey through all of the books by author Marissa Meyer, one chapter at a time, spoiler-free. Each episode will feature a different guest, new fan art, and laughter and joy through reading. You can find Prince Kai Fan Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other listening platforms. And now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, guys, and we are going to continue on. We have five more characters we're going to talk about. So, do you want to start us off, Mo? Yeah. So, I'm jumping in with Sophronia from the Finishing School, Finishing School series by Gail Carringer, which I know is a series that we both highly love and enjoy. And Sophronia has been a someone we have featured many a time. Mm -hmm. Guys, if you're not sure who Zephronia is, she is lovely, witty, and she is deadly. She is a young woman of character, and boy, I would not want to cross her and get on her bad side, because she could kill me in more ways I can count. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her book is set in the Victorian era, and it's steampunk. It's not just Victorian era, it's steampunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, for me, Zephronia... I interposed one of my Girl Scouts. So my Girl Scouts are juniors in high school. And me seeing Sophronia, she would have her hair long. She'd be a little bit trendy where she has a straight and she's got the bangs, of course, because they all like their bangs right now, let me tell you. I think she would have it dyed gray. And I know I said straight, but I also imagine she would have like like those big, like she would curl a few pieces. So she has a little bit of curl as well, okay? Mm-hmm. Super trendy. She'd be wearing a crop top of a neutral color, high-waisted, light jeans. And she would be wearing black Converse as well with low crop socks. Like, I'm like for real, like I'm just describing my girls right now in, in Girl Scouts, okay? Okay. I also imagine she would not be a public school, would be at a prep school, of course. Um, and I think she would be at least the vice president of her class. She would not be in the sports, per se. Cheerleading either. Maybe she might dabble in gymnastics. Maybe not. Depends on her mood because she's got other things to do. But she would excel in things like chemistry and home ec. I think she would also be in band. And I feel like she'd play a flute is what the feelings I was getting for her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just feel like she would always kind of have a plot, be a little devious, kind of have, um, you know, always thinking, what's coming next? Hmm, how can I work this to my advantage, you know? And she would also make friends with all of her teachers, so they would all be in the palm of her hand and have a nice little posse as well. And for the car, she would be driving a Mercedes-Benz SUV, silver. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's my Sophronia. Okay, so I went in a completely different direction than you did. <laughs> I was like, that is not my Sophronia. Who is this? Like, who is this person you're describing? That's not what I went with at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and she would have her boy, Soap, of course, riding shotgun, just so you know. Of course. So for me, I set Sophronia like mid-20s. So she's not in school anymore. For me... She was drafted by a secretive wing of the government at a young age, and she's a classic femme fatale. She's the sort of woman who always has several knives hidden on her person and wears four-inch heels for the intimidation factor. She's never afraid to scale a wall in a cocktail dress. She's been all over the world and is the best agent that the organization has. And of course, she's got her boy in tow with her, helping her out on these projects. Yeah, I went a completely different direction. (laughs) Yeah, you did. I'm like, I went high school. You went adult. That's okay. I know. I was thinking like CIA, FBI, like what her job would be. So, you know, she might end up with dyed gray hair at some point. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> We're so different sometimes. I like it. All right. So our next one is Howell from Howell's Moving Castle. 
He is a dramatic wizard with flamboyant fashion sense. And he's an F-boy. I can't say the word because we're a PG-13 podcast, but you know what I mean. Ah. Ah. I was like, what are you talking about? Ah, I know what it is now. He's trying by all means necessary to avoid a particularly persistent one-night stand, including dragging innocent people into his mess. Also, he might catch feelings for one of those innocent people, but he's not about to admit that. Interesting. Anything else you would like to add? Oh, um, picture an F-boy and that's what he looks like. Okay. (laughs) Well, I based my Hal of the 21st century off of my friend Russell, who has this beautiful, gorgeous blonde hair down to their shoulders, Mm -hmm. who makes their own outfits. They're all handmade, designed. They're gorgeous. I absolutely love how they design everything. And... I also imagine how basically embodying Russell in the sense of Russell does these Instagram posts he calls leg for days where he's throws a bath bomb into his tub and he, I mean, he's six foot tall where he takes a picture of him in the tub, you know, like thighs down, you don't see anything, but literally you see legs for days and he's always, you know, in the bathtub with his bath bomb, um, drinking some champagne with a candle lit. You know, just realizing he definitely, my how is an Instagram personality. And what do they call that? <laughs> what do you call the people that are popular? Oh, he's an influence influencer. Wow, that took a hot second. So he's a, you know, people send how everything and he models it on his Instagram, on his stories, on his TikTok. So, you know, if how is wearing it, you're going to want it too, you know. Yeah, I can totally see that how too. Mm-hmm. He lives in the city. Of course. Where else would he live? Yeah. Lives in a penthouse. Got his girl Sophie hanging out with him. All right, who's next? Elena from Fairy Godmother by Mercedes Lackey from the 500 Kingdoms series. So she is a fail Cinderella who gets the chance to do something more with her life. All right. Well, you dropped a basic B. Well, this was my basic B, okay? (laughs) Okay. Uh, I see her, so imagine Devil's Wear Prada, imagine Andy the main character, but after her makeover. So Mm -hmm. she is ready to do something more with her life because she got out of her, you're supposed to live this and you're supposed to do this. So basically for me, what she was supposed to do was like take over the family company and she's like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I got my own life to live, my own things to do. So instead of taking over the family company, in their small town, she moved to the big city and she's taken on the corporate world. She is an up and coming young CEO of a startup and she is a powerhouse to be reckoned with. You do not want to be in the same room with her unless you are on her side and you are ready to give her your money. Okay. Okay. I just imagine that she is leading this board of directors. She is bringing in all of this money from all these investors and she is making a splash and she is going to be the next face of Time Magazine. You basically did the exact opposite that I did. <laughs> I can see yours. I kind of stuck with the beginning of her story, though. She grew up with an abusive step family, and when they fled to avoid their debts, Elena's, uh, until now, unknown aunt swoops in and takes her to live on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And she happily takes to farming and small town life and improving the lives of those around her. That's so sweet. 
love it. Oh, <laughs> absolutely the opposite of my 21st century, not gonna lie. <laughs> Absolute opposite. <laughs> but there's so many different ways you can take these characters. So it's not that surprising that not we came up all. with completely different things. All right. Who's our who is our number nine of tonight? Next, we have Ned from Castaways the Flying Dutchman by Brian Jakes. Ned is a young boy from the time of exploration who finds himself on a ship sailing around the world. So for me, I thought about Ned and I thought, you know, he doesn't really have any parents. So in this day and age, he would grow up in the foster system. He'd make friends along the way, but he'd be constantly moved from house to house jumping around a lot. And so he wouldn't be able to hang on to those friends. The only friend he would be able to hang on to is his dog. And this dog always manages to find him whenever they get separated. And once he's aged out of the system, he doesn't stop moving around and basically becomes the couch surfing do-gooder. Wow. Abby, this is the one time we had a mind meld. Really? Yeah. I went very much the same way. So I put For me, he would be that sweet young boy in high school who has his emotional support dog. So for me, he would get to keep his dog because he would be a designated support dog. So he'd be protected by, of course, laws and everything Mm -hmm. because technically he's mute. So Mm -hmm. that's right. So I went with that way so that his dog will always come with him. He would be a foster kid. But for me... I put him like in a stable household for now. Like, even though he's not adopted, at least he's kind of stabilized, but he was still being hand-me-down clothes. So he's still kind of made fun of, but even though he is made fun of, he still is able to keep a light heart because of his dog, because of the friendship he makes. And he's able, he really focuses on like random acts of kindness around his high school. Mm-hmm. So like when he's being like picked on by people, people are like immediately surround him and go, Oh no, no, you leave him alone. Mm-hmm. So he has, And he doesn't know that he has, like, this following because he's just, you know, he just wants to make people feel good and make them happy. Mm -hmm. So we were, like, super on the same train. Yeah, we were. Of course, I mean, it makes so much sense for him to be in the foster system, just considering Mm -hmm. the character's background. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. We are to our last one. Who is that, Mo? feel like we went basic here, but this is Hagrid from the Harry Potter universe. I mean, he is a jolly giant of a man with an even bigger heart that has no fashion sense and a love for all things creature, magical or otherwise. And, you know, we're bringing him 20 years forward and bringing him into our world. I put him as a zookeeper. Like, let's be real. He is a zookeeper. And he would be working... I see him as like one of the more prestigious zoos like San Diego or the Washington DC one, like the really, really big ones with the pandas and the more exotic animals. Mm -hmm. And for his specialty, I kind of put him in reptiles. Like I felt like reptiles would be where he got his, and I, and I put him in with a degree. So I see him with a degree in herpology, essentially working as a head zookeeper. And he is very passionate about, alligators and gila dragons and salamanders because those are his jam okay Mm -hmm. and he's also a huge advocate for animal rights and don't you dare abuse any animals around him because something bad is gonna happen to you 
Mm-hmm. That is my Hagrid of the 21st century. I love that you made him a zookeeper because I did too. <laughs> okay, never mind. Apparently that we we are going into this. I mean, what better job would there be for Hagrid than a zookeeper around all those animals? Right. I didn't really focus on his degree or anything or his specialty or whatever. I mostly said, you know, he's a zookeeper, but then he's also a bachelor living on his own, but he has a rotating door assortment of pets and it's everything from snakes to rats to old dogs to iguanas to baby bears and that last one almost got animal control involved but he managed to get it out of town in time (laughs) good well i'm glad he did (laughs) so i definitely see him like as a zookeeper and in his spare time he just takes in all these random animals oh i love that too i can see that so yep that's my haggard (laughs) Okay, so the last two, like, we were on the ball together. <laughs> Everything else, we kind of deviated. I loved how you brought these characters into the 21st century. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed our novel makeover. How would you picture some of your favorite characters from some of the books that are not set in the times right now? We would love to hear from you. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or a review on the app you use. Or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.